what, what a blessing to see generations up on the stage today. What a testimony to, to the Hecht Cox and Rose and, and, and Josh, man. What, what, a, what a blessing. I know that just touched your heart for Father's Day. And when they sent the picture, they sent a picture to us uh, early this morning, Happy Father's Day, and it was everybody on stage. And I was like, oh, that's cool. Maybe they're practicing. But I was hoping they were going to be playing the actual service, and, and they did. And as I just see that, I just see, you know, the, the verses in the Bible about children being a, a, a heritage, being, being a blessing, and, and just such a legacy. And, and man, well done. Well done. I, I think to cultivate worship where you get all your kids on stage, I, I don't know if the littlest one was up there. I don't think so. But, uh, but anyway, to get your, your kids that could be up here, up here, just not just playing instruments, but worshiping. That's, man, what better gift to pass along to generations. And, and obviously a big a testimony to, to in-laws that are here too, but Lydia's parents. And man, what, what a great thing. And I'm, I'm legacy. I'm a third generation pastor. So um, I want to wish my dad and the father of this house, the founding father, uh, happy Father's Day. So dad, you want to stand? Man, uh, uh, Josh was not expecting that video. I picked that video out, and uh, I think it was the funniest thing today was either the dad joke opening, which, by the way, I had planned the same exact game. And what's funny is I had brought in all of my stuff. Uh, Josh's like, hey, is it cool if I do something with dad jokes at the beginning? I was like, yes, I'm doing something as well. I walk in, I see the table set up, I see note cards. I was like, Josh, we have to talk. I think I have the same thing planned. So anyway, we only did one round, but that was fun. But I don't know, it may have been more fun seeing Josh's face after the video. And, and, and you've not been, a, uh, let me just say, you've not been a dad unless you've done that at least once. The bad thing is about my forward expedition is it locks the back windows, but it doesn't lock Nicole's window. So anyway, not that I've done that, not that I've tried, but, but you guys laugh because those of you who laughed have actually either been part of that or your dad did that to you. And I can say I've been a victim of that with my father, the founding pastor of Upper Room. So anyway, um, I, it's been a beautiful day. How, how many have had like expectations of a day and then it just, it just goes kaplump? Yesterday, we, we had a day plan just to celebrate me because Sunday's kind of busy for me, and uh, then we, our, our plans are to go to our, each of our father's houses today just for a little bit. So I was like, Saturday, we don't have many plans. We had some things in the morning. I was like, the rest of the afternoon, let's just relax. Let's have a pool day. Let's just hang out. That's what I want for Father's Day. And then before you know it, uh, my, my father-in-law was there helping mow a little bit, and the mower breaks. So I have to try to work on the mower. And then all of a sudden I come inside and Nicole's like, you need to eat. You haven't eaten yet. It's four o'clock. You need to eat something. So she reheated up some pizza and the microwave breaks. So I'm trying to fix the microwave. It was like just one of those days, right? So, but God redeemed it. We had a great time. And I woke up this morning and spent some time with the Lord and just some final prep with the message. And uh, was just outside and I come in and uh, one of the traditions I have is I buy my daughters a gift for Father's Day because they made me a father. So uh, it's just a special thing I do. I get meet your car, ride them something, and, and give them Amazon credit <laughs> or gift cards, but usually just credit. So I wrote little cards, redeemable for $25 Amazon, each of them. So that's a thing that I love, and I, I love Father's Day, but um, man, we started this tradition uh, when, when the girls turned 12, I take them on a missions trip, and I had one of the best times with Olivia this past week. We were in the Bahamas, I know, suffering for the cross, 
at a really rough place in Nassau, Bahamas. But, uh, man, we had a fun time serving with one another, serving churches, cleaning, painting, cleaning up trash, praying for people, building relationship. It was just absolutely incredible. So those of you who were praying for our trip or knew we were going, thank you. Uh, I was a little nervous, never been there, never driven there, uh, didn't, uh, had never personally met face-to-face with the pastors that we were going to serve, and I heard crime was up because of economy issues and different things, and I'm taking a 13-year-old girl there, and I was like, okay, and I was like, cover me in prayer, but we had an amazing time, and that, to me, that's, that's, that's so, those memories are cherished for me, anytime I can get with my daughters one-on-one or, or together, and, um, and that, that's how the Father is with us. So while I was in Bahamas, we started to talk, and uh, I was talking to the pastor, and I noticed that it was mostly females, mostly ladies in church. And I said, is that typical, or is something going on, or what? Are men working? And uh, he's like, it's typical of our culture. The ladies are predominantly the ones that go to church. He's like, but if we reach the men, we reach the home. And it's a 95% chance that if a man's going to church, according to Barner Group, then the family goes to church. So if we reach the men, we reach the home, we reach the marriage, we reach the women, we reach the next generation. So I'm proud of all the men that are here today. Dads are not dads. I'm proud of the men that are standing in the gap. Like Josh was saying, as for me and my house, we're going to serve the Lord. And that's what we're taking a stand. So, so man, just, just pat yourself on the back. If you're a dude here today, just pat yourself on the back. You are breaking statistics. You are breaking paradigms. And you are changing a generation to say, I'm serving the Lord. I'm putting Jesus first. And on a beautiful day like this, we're going to church. And I see you faithfully here, and unlike some other cultures, it's pretty 50-50 here, at least in Upper Room in our church. And man, I, I, I even see young men just coming alone who, who weren't raised in Christ, who weren't raised in church, who, you know, we, we oftentimes at Upper Room and different demographics and even especially reaching young people and a lot of young adults that we reach, we are the first church experience for many young people, many young adults and many men. And it's been incredible to see guys like Sam I mean, just here, just serving the Lord, and, and just, I can look across the room and, and do this over and over and over. So I was in the Bahamas, we're having these conversations, I see that I miss Kira's birthday, and I was like, oh, that's a bummer, I usually, I love, like, especially, uh, I see her at the gym in the mornings, and we sometimes in the mornings at gym, we'll do like a birthday party for people, and I missed it. So I sent her a text, and it was going to be this quick, like, happy birthday text, sorry, I miss your birthday, and then I began to just, like, I felt the Lord and the Father's heart over her, and, um, so I just began to say how proud of her I was and how proud the father was of her. And I began to just kind of prophesy over her. And I began to hear the Lord right then. I, I know, it was, it was a hard scenery with the ocean right in front of me and the white sand. And I was feeling a little sappy. And I felt like the Lord say, that's, that's the message for the church today. That's the message for the people. That's the message for, for, this, for this generation, for this body even. That, that the father's affirmation, the father's blessing and I want to start just in Genesis, and I want to I talk about Jacob's blessing to his sons, the 12 sons, the 12 tribes. And, and I want to start there, but I feel this. I feel like there is a heart message today that is the affirmation of a father, the affirmation of the father. And that is the greatest affirmation. Let me just say this. When you know you're accepted by Jesus, you can't be rejected by anybody else because it doesn't matter. So let's, let's get into this. And uh, it's going to be Genesis 49. We're going to start there and, and just go a little bit here and there, but it's good to be back. There is no place like home. I feel like Dorothy. Is it Dorothy? Is that right? I never watched that movie, but I know, like, doesn't she click her heels or something? It's like, there's no place like home. There's no place like home. I feel like that when I travel and come back and just get to be here and just worship with you guys. So here's, here, here's the deal. Genesis 49 um, 
Jacob, he, he had 12 sons, and, and, he's, and he's giving them the blessing. But, but as you read this, and I encourage you to read the whole chapter yourself, we're only going to pick out two. We're going we're gonna to pick out Judah and Joseph. And those were by far the two greatest blessings that he gave. But he was prophesying. He was also blessing them and giving direction. See, see here, here's the thing. But he was also calling them out on their junk. <laughs> and unfortunately, their junk followed them and, and, and determined what the blessing was. So, so it's this amazing thing that there is power in a blessing. There is power in this blessing, especially Old Testament blessings. And as we work through the word, as we work through some of this, there were so many that were blessed. And, and we think, well, if we do good, we'll get a blessing. That, that's not how the kingdom works. It's an upside-down kingdom. It's just like when Jesus was baptized, he hadn't done anything yet. He hadn't preached a sermon on the mount. He hadn't died on the cross. He hadn't been resurrected. He hadn't healed the sick. He hadn't, he hadn't preached. He hadn't done anything. And at 30 years old, he's getting baptized by John the Baptist. And the father says, this is my beloved son with whom I'm well pleased. It's not because of what he did. It's because of who he is. And we see this many times in the Bible. We see when David got his blessing, it wasn't when he had killed Goliath. It wasn't when he had cared for his dad or won wars or won territories. It wasn't when he was a king in Zion. He actually got the blessing when he was a shepherd boy, not even at the table. It's not because of what you do. It's who you are because God has ordained you. He has called you. He has called you by name. He has numbered the hairs on your head. Before the foundations of the world, he created you. In Genesis, it says, let us make man in our image. So he created you at the foundations of the world. You were already a dream. And then later on, he wrapped your body around his dream for you. So, so here's this deal where, where we go to Joseph. Joseph, he, he, didn't, he didn't get his blessing once he was ruling in the palace of Pharaoh. He got his blessing when Jacob gave him the coat of many colors. He put that on a significance of identity and a blessing. We know the story of, of Elijah and Elijah, and Elijah wanted the double portion. The blessing didn't come when all of a sudden the mantle fell out as Elijah is taken up in a chariot of fire, a whirlwind of fire. The blessing came when he was actually plowing and planting seed and working ground, and Elijah came and put a cloak over him. That's when the blessing came. It's when we least expect it because it's who we are, not what we do. I love this saying Leif says, and he'll be with us later this year, but he, he says this thing, it's not what you do that makes you who you are, it's who you are that makes you do what you do. It has everything to do with our blessing. You, you were preordained to do something in life with a calling, an anointing, a purpose, a destiny, and a hope. Jeremiah 29, 11 confirms that, that the Lord has plans for you, plans to prosper you, plans for a hope, plans for a future for you. So as we get into this, we see that these blessings were so tied, not just to these blood sons, but generational descendants. And we later know that as we read through these blessings, it impacted generation to generation to generation. Why? Because there's power in the tongue. There's life and death in the power of the tongue. So as Jacob's prophesying this, later on, they become the two most influential, most dominant, most blessed nations, most blessed tribes in, in the land. So let's get on with it. Judah, verse 8. Judah, your brothers will praise you. You will grasp your enemies by the neck. All your relatives will bow before you. Judah, my son, is a young lion that has finished eating its prey. Like a lion, he crouches and lies down like a lioness who dares to rouse him. The scepter will not depart from Judah, nor the ruler's staff from his descendants, until the coming of the one to whom he belongs, the one whom all nations will honor. He ties his file to the grapevine and the collar of his donkey to a choice vine. He washes his clothes to, to he washes his clothes in wine, his robes in the blood of grapes. His eyes are darker than wine, and his teeth are whiter than milk. This is the blessing of Judah. Sounds kind of funny, 
but it's absolutely cool. If I was Jude, I'd be like, yeah, let's go, right? Gonna win everything. I'm gonna be the victor. It's the blessing of Judah. So then we, we move on to the blessing of Joseph. Now, now, again, the whole chapter, he's going through each son, which is each tribe, all right? And some are not necessarily blessings. Some are curses. So then we go into to Joseph here. Joseph is the fowl of a wild donkey, the fowl of a wild donkey at a spring, one of the wild donkeys on the ridge. Archers attacked him savagely. They shot at him and harassed him. But his bow remained tout, and his arms were strengthened by the hands of the mighty one of Jacob, by the shepherd, the rock of Israel. May the God of your father help you. May the Almighty bless you with the blessings of heavens above and blessings of the watery depths below and blessings of the breasts of the womb. May my fatherly blessings on you surpass the blessings of my ancestors reaching to the heights of the eternal hills. May these blessings rest on the head of Joseph, who is a prince among his brothers. Now, now we know the story. Joseph was sold to slavery by his brothers, was forgotten about, was put in prison, was put in prison again, was falsely accused, right, of a jealous, basically, wife who wanted to, to have relations with him, and he wouldn't. So this is the blessing now on Joseph saying, you're not forgotten. May these blessings rest on the head of Joseph, who is prince among his brothers. Now, and then it goes on to say in verse uh, 28, these are the 12 tribes of Israel, and this is what their father said as he told his sons goodbye. He blessed each one of them with an appropriate message. Then he passes away. So this is, this is, a, this is just incredible, but it wasn't just speaking to his, his blood sons. Those were blessings that would affect generation and descendants. See, an Old Testament blessing of a father to his sons was, was encouragement. It was details regarding the future. It was prophecy, and it was direction. And that's, that's what I want you to take away from this. The blessings of the Father. And when I say the Father, I mean Father God. The blessings of the Father is not just so you get money or a new house. Or, that's not the blessings I'm talking about. I'm talking about the greatest blessing on the planet is a generational blessing that as for me and my house, we'll serve the Lord. And the way that you raise up your children, they will not depart from that, but they will know the Lord. They will not leave him. It will always be in their heart. See, let, let me just say this. I, I may not receive a, a money inheritance from my father. I may not have one to give. I, I'm a pastor and a, and a public government worker. I, I, I may not. Hopefully so. Hopefully we can help pay for a wedding, help pay for college, hopefully maybe leave an inheritance. But let me say this. That's not my priority. My hope and the biggest dream I would ever have is that each one of them and their children and their spouses would serve the Lord through the days of their lives. That's the generational blessing. That's the blessing. That's an inheritance that far more than, than a bank account, far more than a position, far more than a platform, far more than anything is that I love the Lord. I received that from my dad. My dad wasn't perfect. <laughs> Every once in a while, I'll be like, Dad, I'm not one of the juvenile detention people. My dad was the superintendent, was the director of, of West Central Juvenile Detention Center. And every once in a while, like, he'd rise up and just start yelling at me. I was like, hey, I, I, I'm not in jail. And then it'd probably make him more mad and he'd yell louder. <laughs> but it wasn't perfect. But the one thing that I've received is the love of Jesus. The one thing I've received is the power of the Holy Spirit. One thing I've received is a generational legacy to pass down to my kids to know that we will have an assurance of eternity, bring glory to God, and hopefully bring heaven to earth and pack out heaven as much as possible. 
that far exceeds any other blessing. So when I'm talking blessings, I'm not talking just materials. Those are great. And a lot of times they help advance the kingdom and provision helps. I, I get it. I'm not against it. But, but the deal is this. These blessings come with prophetic uh, connotation, prophetic power, prophetic anointing, encouragement, direction, details. That, that's the blessing from the Lord. So, so we're going to get into some of this. Because I believe this, I believe we need to know what our inheritance is. We need to know what our generational blessings are. And how do we know what our blessings are? We find out who we are. Who does God call us? Now this is where it gets really fun. I'm going to hydrate for this one. Let me, let me skip and go a little out of order here. Romans 8, 14 through 17. Sorry, guys. Romans 8, 14 through 17. Because it's all about inheritance. The Father's blessing is about inheritance. And, and, and we're going to share a story here in a little bit about the prodigal son. There's a difference of, of what um, my portion of the money is versus my inheritance. <laughs> Romans 8, 14 through 17, Paul describes the spirit of adoption. For all who are led by the spirit of God are sons of God. For you did not, and by the way, if, when we're talking about sons, it's also daughters. If sons can be the bride, then daughters can be the sons. And this ain't some woke thing, all right? Chill out. For you did not receive the spirit of slavery to fall back into fear, but you received the spirit of adoption as sons, by whom we cry out, Abba, Father. Translation to today's culture was, is, is Daddy. All right? I love it when I come home from work, and especially when the kids were littler, and I've shared this in here. I love it. They finally see, and they, I'm a little bit of a surprise, that, and they're like, Daddy's home! And they used to, more often than lately, just come running, like attack my legs, hugging my legs, hugging my waist. Daddy's home. And it was just so exciting to hear. All right. And every once in a while, I'll share the story. And then like for a week or two, they'll do it again. But, but that's, what, that's our passion. That's, 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 our, that's our ability to the Father God is, is Abba, Daddy. Right. So we get to cry out. The Spirit himself bears witness with our spirit that we are children of God. And if children, then what? Heirs. Heirs, heirs of God and fellow heirs with Christ, meaning heirs of the kingdom. And it goes on to say, provided we suffer with him in order that we may also be glorified with him. So co-heirs with Christ, heirs, meaning everything that's in heaven is now our inheritance. Everything that's of God is our inheritance. He came in to seek and save that which was lost. Have you ever imagined what's that? Hey, let me give you another one, Matthew 6, 33. Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added unto you. You ever process that? That the promise that as we seek him first and put him first, and, and, and even in Psalms where it says, delight yourself in the Lord and he'll honor the desires of your heart. Have you ever processed to say, if we seek first the kingdom? I, I love what Bruce was saying to me a, a little while ago. He, he was talking about his children. He's like, if I had one thing to do different, I would have just prioritized and told my children that they were believers. They were Christians who were athletes, not athletes who were Christians. It's kind of like, I'm not a business owner who's a Christian. I'm a Christian who owns a business. My identity isn't being a son or a daughter. My identity is not what I own or have or who or what title I have. But, but here's the deal. So if, if all these things are added unto you, if God, the creator of the universe, the savior, the deliverer, the healer, is saying all these things would be added unto you. I start in my head. I, I, I have a time or two played the lottery. And what I do, it's a losing game, all right? I'm not advocating it. The Bible says not to gamble, okay? But every once in a while, I'll do it. And I will, for the purpose of, I write down a dream list. Pay off debt of every church that I know. 
And I start doing these things, and I start coming up with all these ministries, and I start dreaming with the Lord. So sometimes it's worth a dollar to me, all right? And I'll come up with this list. Well, so then when I, when I start to process some scriptures like this, I start thinking all. I'm like, okay, what's all? Oh, my gosh, no more sickness. No more sorrow. No more, oh, no more divorce. No more bankruptcy. No more depression or suicide. No more drug addiction. Oh, my goodness, this is all, right? Because my father is the, the, owns all the cattle and all the hills. Oh, wow. That, that's, that's how I dream with the Lord because he's our father, so we're an heir. So anything in heaven is, is, is ours. We have the legal right to. Let, let, me, let me move on here. So what is our identity? So he knew us before we were ever formed, before we were ever born. He called us by name. He numbered the hairs on our head. Psalms 139, 13 through 14 says this. For you formed my inward parts. You covered me in my mother's womb. I will praise you for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Marvelous are your works and that my soul knows very well. Zephaniah 3.17, it says that he rejoices and delights over us. He sings a song over us. That's kind of like if he had a wallet with pictures in it, our picture would be in his wallet. It'd be like... Or like, you know, was it audio adrenaline saying big, big house? And I like, I start to picture that in heaven, like lots and lots of rooms, a big field where we can play football, right? Like it's all these things with, with the, the, called a big house, okay? So I start to like picture how big is Jesus's refrigerator and how do all of our pictures fit on it? And all of our little artwork we did through Sunday school, like that's the things that I imagine, right? So because we are fearfully and wonderfully made and he rejoices and delights over us. In 1 John 3, 1, it says that you, we are children of God. That's what we are. And see how much the Father will lavish us with love. Man, that's incredible. That, that is the Father's affirmation. The Father's affirmation is simply we are sons, we are daughters, we are little boys and little girls with this great big dad. So I, I started to, to Google, like, what I, I always quote and rattle off things just from my heart and what I remember Scripture is what we're called. Like, royal priesthood, all this. So I just, I did a quick little search, like, what does he call us? So will you just tune in for a second? I want to read over you what the Father calls you, what he identifies you in his word as. And there's a scripture to back up everything I'm about to say. All right? The, this is the Father's blessing to you. This is the Father's affirmation. This is also the invitation in which we get to walk in as sons and daughters. We get to walk as children of God, as a branch to the true vine, friend of Jesus, justified, redeemed, forgiven, called for such a time as this, worthy, holy, new creature or new creations, free, accepted, wise, righteous, and sanctified, a temple, a dwelling place for Holy Spirit, one with Christ, blessed, alive, seated in heavenly places. That's a blessing. That is a Father's blessing, seated in heavenly places with him, Royal priesthood, chosen generation. Don't forget peculiar people. I'll be a little weird for Jesus. You guys were weird for Jesus. You got to go out and record with Chosen, the Chosen series. That's amazing. That's peculiar. That's weird. Anybody else get to do that? Nope, they're the weird ones in the room. So you get to be peculiar for Jesus. And amen, in a good way. Heir to the throne, God's workmanship or craftsmanship. Bold and confident. We get to approach his throne with boldness and confidence. Light, citizen of heaven, complete, and most of all, loved. 
These are just a few. And a quick little like search by scripture. What does Jesus call us? That is the Father's blessing for us. We get to walk out what it is to be righteous. We get to walk out what it is to be freed in the midst of a chaotic, unclean environment, right? In a, in a, in a messed up world, we get to say we're going to be clean and righteous and pursue him. It's kind of like the verse, and Paul writes, like, what is love? <laughs> we get to demonstrate patience and love when people are provoking not patience <laughs> because people are imperfect. So now I get to apply what it is to be gentle and kind and, and the fruits of the Spirit, right? It's the same thing. Now, in this blessing, I get to walk out what it is to be a son in, in these ways. So we get to the prodigal son, Luke 15. I'm wrapping up if uh, some of the band or somebody wants to come prodigal son Luke 15 and and I share this story a lot because it's one of my favorites and I feel it's so impactful it's kind of like the talents the talents are one of my favorite stories especially now that I see the story as as much identity as it is stewardship because the ones that risked it all knew the father would still love them and that no matter what, if they lost it all, the Father would still accept them and love them because they knew him as, as creator, as deliverer, as savior, as father, not just master, judge, and ruler. So we get to the prodigal son here, and, we, and if you don't know this story, it's in Luke 15, you can read the whole thing. But if you don't know it, here's, here's what happens. There's the father says he has two sons, and one has worked his entire life in the home, and, and all of a sudden this son says, hey, I, I want to take my portion of the inheritance and, and it's odd because he gave him more than what the custom would have even allowed to send him off. And it says that he spent his money on riotous or perverted living. Okay, so, so he spent all of his money. He lost it all. He squandered it all. He ends up in this hog pen. And while he's in the hog pen, it says he came to his senses. Or in one version, it says he came to himself. All right, and I want to I I make sure we remember that just for a moment. But he spent it all. And then he begins to rehearse. Well, I could go back to my father's house. If I say this, if I ask for forgiveness, maybe he'll accept me back. And he begins to rehearse it. Goes back to the father's house. And then it says, as the father saw him from afar off, he went and he pursued him. And he hugged him. He embraced him. So figure this picture out. And, and I, just, I just have this belief that the father saw him from afar off, meaning he never stopped looking for him. I don't know if that's you. I don't know if that felt like you at one time. I don't know if that's your marriage, your circumstance, whatever. The Father has never stopped pursuing it and working it out already ahead of you. So from afar off, he sees him and he breaks all custom. And, and during that time, only the mother could go out and greet. And he breaks all custom and he goes out. He embraces him and he begins to lavish him with this love. Like 1 John 3, 1 tells us. And, and, and it's these very symbolic gifts. The one is a robe. Remember the coat of many colors? That signifies covering and identity. It's this purposeful gift. And then we have the ring, the insignia ring. That's the family crest ring. That was, so, so this is where it gets really cool. This was not just, he may have received a blessing with his money that he squandered away, but now this is the inheritance. This is the full blessing. Because that was all the authority and power of the family. You would stamp it, you would stamp contracts, and it was literally the authority of the family. So now it's the inheritance. Now it's the true blessing. Before it was just money. Now it's the blessing of the family. The sandals, so, so imperative. Because sandals not only are a covering of peace and, and the ability to crush Satan under our feet, as the word says, but also this commissioning to go because sandals are meant to put on to go somewhere. It's a commissioning with purpose to go. 
Then you get to the fatted calf and the celebration. Then we get to the point of the story I want to read. And we go into verse 28 here. And this is, this is what the Father's saying over us. This is the Father's blessing. That it doesn't matter where you are, how long you've been there, how close you are to him. He always wants us to be nearer. He always desires more intimacy with us. I know there's some people in here that I admire who've been walking with the Lord for so many decades. And they're such an inspiration to me and their, their wisdom of the word and their heart for prayer and, and the disciplines to, to be close to the Lord just amaze me. And I always want to be hungry for that. But also, the ones that are like here for the first time or, or were your first experience of church or maybe you've not even accepted Jesus yet or, or, or like you're just, you just landed here this morning. Maybe you're here because your dad's like, man, it'd be cool if you came to church with me for Father's Day. Or maybe you're watching online. Like, it doesn't matter where you're at because the prodigal that left with the money represented an orphan, and he felt like he didn't belong, felt like he wasn't good enough, felt like he wasn't worthy. Even though we, we know, like the word says all that, there's times still we wrestle with this, this temptation, a lie from the enemy that we're not good enough, we don't belong. But then you have the older son who's been working for the father for so long. That represents slavery or religion. And, and God's not looking for that either. So here's what the father says. The older brother was angry and wouldn't go in, his, go in. His father came out and begged him. I actually never got that until this week. For me, I've always focused on the prodigal because I felt like the prodigal. I left the Lord and turned my back and started squandering away what was supposed to be my godly inheritance. But God, and suddenly... But even the son that stayed in the house, the father went after him too and begged him. We've always been like, well, the father pursued the prodigal when he came home and broke Jewish custom and, and hugged him, embraced him and ran when you're not supposed to run. And then I read this this week and I'm like, man, the father loves his children. And we go on to say, but he replied, all these years I've slaved for you and never once refused to do a single thing you told me to. And in all that time, you never gave me even one young goat for a feast with my friends. Yet when this son of yours comes back, after squandering away your money on prostitutes, you celebrate by killing the fatted calf, the sought-after beef, the greatest. I had a New York strip last night that was amazing. I grilled out. We had ribeye and New York strip from a, from a cow we had bought, a, a grass-fed organic cow. It was amazing. And I'm telling you what, I, I'm not trying to be arrogant, but I grilled that thing to perfection, didn't I, girls? It was awesome. This was far superior, the fatted calf, but it was so symbolic that no longer do we have to sacrifice rams and goats. Jesus became the lamb that was sacrificed for you and I. So they're killing this thing, saying, listen, this, this thing's to celebrate you. And then it's, the father says this, his father said to him, look, dear son, you have always stayed by me in everything I have. And everything I leave is yours. Man, you've been with me all this time. I'm just, last year I focused on the son, the prodigal son. This year I'm focusing really on the brother. You've been with me all these years. And son, by now you should know that I love you. And everything I have has always been yours and always will be yours. I'm not withholding anything. Do you know that nothing can separate us from God's love? No height, no depth. 
no principality, no darkness, no sin, no mistakes, no bad choices, no, no, no divorces, no abortion. Nothing can separate you from the love of God. We've got so many stories in this place. We've got stories of redemption and, and restoration and forgiveness of abortion. We've got stories of reconciliation and marriage. We've got so many stories in this place. Stories, freedom from addiction, freedom from, from, from jail sentences and, and previous lives. Like nothing can separate you from his love. He's like, listen, whether you're an orphan and think like you don't belong or whether you're a slave and you try to earn your way in the kingdom, I love you. We had to celebrate this happy day. For your brother was dead and has came back to life. He was lost, but now he's found. I love this story. <laughs> because I think in part of my journey and part of my walk with the Lord, I've been both. And I've been the son that walked away, and then I've been the, the son that's been here and just works. And, well, if I do this, God will love me more. There's nothing going to make God love you any more or any less than he already does because he radically, lavishly loves you. And that is the Father's blessing. Today, I want to I just offer some impartation. And I want to speak a blessing over you. And because that story of, of the prodigal isn't just a story of the, the prodigal son or the, the slave son. It's, it's a story of a loving father that gives an incredible blessing. Will you stand with me? spirit of adoption is, is available to all of us. And, and I believe this. I believe when the prodigal was in the hog pen, I believe part of that story really opens up to the revelation of him coming into the identity, the revelation of the father's heart. I, I personally believe that he, when he came to his senses, he came to his created nature, his divine created nature, the way the Lord had created him to be in this parable, in this story. And I believe by him coming to himself, it was, it's really a portrayal of the spirit of adoption. Because all of a sudden he knows who and whose he is. And when we know that, all, man, it doesn't matter who rejects you. It doesn't matter the trials you face. It doesn't matter what mess you have to walk through or where you've been from. Or <laughs> I may not be where I'm supposed to be, but I'm not where I used to be. I'm in process. And sometimes I still find myself in this hog pen. Yesterday, I was fighting not to go to that hog pen. <laughs> I was like, oh man, another thing. I just wanted to relax by the pool. I know first world problems, right? But it's this thing to where the Lord just loves us, no matter where we're at. And he's the one that redeems us and sanctifies us and all of those things that become a blessing that we get to walk in the blessing. So the spirit of adoption, it breaks off all this rejection immediately. It breaks off all this inferiority. It breaks off all these lies. It breaks off all of this, this, this lack of worth. All of a sudden, when we have the spirit of adoption and we, we come into knowing the Father's heart and the way he sees us and the way he sees our circumstance, the way he sees our future, the way he sees our past, because let me just say this, he forgets it. And he says he forgets it as far as the east is to the west. As far as the ocean is deep, he forgets it. It's buried. I got really close to the deepest part of the ocean. I forget what it's called, like the shelf or something outside the Bahamas. They were telling me it's the deepest part of the ocean. The Navy is there. They even have a base there, and they go down with submarines. They try to study it, and I'm like, oh, that's where all my sins are kept. Keep it down there. No one can get to it. Let's just keep it that way. Technology's not there yet. Let's not keep, let's just let that go because he forgets it. He erases it because he cares more about our destiny than he does our history. 
That's, that's who the Lord is. That's the blessing we get to walk in. So the spirit of adoption is, is just, just amazing because we're not just tolerated, we're accepted. We're not just tolerated, we're celebrated. That's the blessing of Jesus. So I wanna, I wanna pray this prayer over us that we'll receive the spirit of adoption. And then I wanna release a blessing in scripture to you. But can you, just, can you just hold out your hands? I believe the spirit of adoption is a gift that we freely just get to receive, just like salvation, just, just like gifts of the spirit. We get to just freely receive them. And I believe the spirit of adoption is really a revelation. It's an impartation of who God the Father is. And he is a perfect dad. He's an unbelievable dad. He's a dad that's never hurt you. He's a dad that's never talked bad about you or yelled at you or, or abused you. He's a dad that's never forsaken you, never left you, never ignored you, never rejected you. He's the perfect dad. And all of what he has is your inheritance. So let's pray this prayer. God, I, I pray right now for the spirit of adoption. I pray that, that we come to know who and whose we are. And I pray we come to know most of all that you are a good father. Lord, let us see ourselves the way you see us. Lord, I pray right now just, just a river of refreshing. Lord, I pray for healing and hurt even from hurtful situations with fathers. Whether it's been abuse or abandonment or neglect or death or, or whatever that hurt may be with Father's Day. Maybe it's, maybe it's the hope to be a father. Lord, right now we just pray you cleanse that and you bring the spirit of adoption right now. That is a spirit of adoption that you not only created us, you chose us. You chose us. There's a legal adoption that takes place when we are born again, Jesus. So we receive the spirit of adoption. We come to our senses right now, no matter what mess or hog pen we may be in, we come to our senses knowing our divine nature in you, Jesus. Just in your own way, just begin to ask for the spirit of adoption. I'm telling you what, it gets rid of the anger, it gets rid of the bitterness, it gets rid of the hurt, it gets rid of the unforgiveness. Yes, Lord, we thank you. Just in your own way to the Father, express yourself. Maybe you felt abandoned by, the, by Father God. Maybe you felt he wasn't in a situation. Just begin to hash that out with him for a moment here. He was there all along. Let him show himself to you. Thank you, Jesus. We thank you, Abba. We thank you, Abba. continual prayer for you this week is that you continually feel the lavish love by the Father, not just on this day. But my, but my prayer is like, I, I didn't have to tell my kids that I was their dad. They just knew it. Sometimes you can't teach everything. Sometimes you have to impart. There has to be a revelation. And sometimes it's the way you need it, not my story. You each have your story. Your story is still developing. <laughs> we're, we're just in this chapter for now, whatever that looks like for you. So I know that there's people in here, me, I, I had to be convinced, radically convinced that Jesus was real. I had to be radically convinced that he was tangible, real, and I could receive him and that he loved me. There, there was a radical conversion with me, like, a, like literally like a lightning bolt hitting me. Maybe you need a gentle touch. Maybe you need some other type of sign or wonder. Maybe you just need to hear it. Maybe, maybe you need to see a, in a life of another one. 
that, that it's real, that it's like if he could change that person, I guess he could change me. Maybe that's the kind of stuff. Because nothing else worked for me except for the way that I needed the Lord to reveal himself. So that's my prayer for you this week, that the Father, not just in this moment, but through tonight, that maybe you'll have a dream. Or through the week, maybe there'll be an encounter. Or maybe somebody reaches out to you. It, it was funny, I, I, I hadn't seen a couple guys in the gym lately, and, and I just, I literally only texted two guys that day, and I was like, hey, hey, miss you. How's it going? How you been? And, um, and it was two guys who I don't think they have strong connection or relationship. I get a response back from one with a picture of them together in that moment. Like, this is crazy. What just happened? Why did you, and it was just this, we talked about it on Friday, and I was like, yeah, man, I just was thinking of you. In my heart, I just, I felt you in my heart and my thoughts, and I thought I'd reach out to both of you. And they were together. Maybe moments like that, maybe something like that, God will just prove himself. I, I believe the Father is that good, and there is a blessing. But I'd like to share a blessing over you in numbers, and I'd like to just read this over you, and this is your blessing as, as, we, as we dismiss and leave this place today and go get more steak or whatever that looks like for you. Also, homework. Um, there's this thing on YouTube. It is so cheesy. It's called the Father's Love Letter. As you leave today or throughout the week, maybe you're driving to work, play, play that over yourself. It, 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 is, it is, you found them? Can I have that? Where were they? Okay. So maybe you need this today. I've got 25 of them. All right, we'll, we'll buy more if we need them. But we'll start keeping these at the info bar. But this is the Father's love letter written out. And uh, I'll just read just a little bit of it. And, uh, but this is on YouTube. It's cheesy. It has the most weird, cheesy, uh, late 80s, early 90s, like, background music. And it's, it's kind of awful. But the words are so impactful and meaningful. How many have heard the Father's love letter? And it backs up everything with scripture. And I'll just read just, just a little bit here. Um, would you like me to read the whole thing? We should record. Josh, we should do this. See if there's copyrights involved. It's the scripture. I think we're good. My child, you may not know me, but I know everything about you. Psalms 139.1. I know when you sit down and when you rise up. I'm not going to reference the scriptures, but each sentence has a scripture behind it. I am familiar with all of your ways. Even the very hairs on your head are numbered. You were made in my image. In me you live and move and have your being, for you are my offspring. I knew you even before you were conceived. I chose you when I planned creation. You were not a mistake, for all your days are written in my book. I determined the exact time of your birth and where you would live. You are fearfully and wonderfully made. I knit you together in your mother's womb and brought you forth on the day you were born. I have been misrepresented by those who don't know me. I am not distant and angry, but am, complete, am the complete expression of love. And it is my desire to lavish my love on you, simply because you are my child and I am your father. I offer you more than your earthly father ever could, for I am the perfect father. Every good gift that you receive comes from my hand. For I am your provider, and I meet all of your needs. My plan for your future has always been filled with hope, because I love you with an everlasting love. My thoughts towards you are as countless as the sand on the seashore, and I rejoice over you with singing. I will never stop doing good to you, for you are my treasured possession. 
I desire to establish you with all of my heart and all of my soul. And I want to show you great and marvelous things. If you seek me with all of your heart, you will find me. Delight in me and I will give you the desires of your heart. For it is I who gave you those desires. I am able to do more for you than you could possibly imagine. For I am your greatest encourager. I am also the father who comforts you in all your troubles. When you are brokenhearted, I am close to you. As a shepherd carries a lamb, I have carried you close to my heart. One day I will wipe away every tear from your eyes and I will take away all the pain you have suffered on this earth. I am your father. I love you even as I love my son Jesus. In him my love for you is revealed. He is the exact representation of my being. He came to demonstrate that I am for you, not against you, and to tell you that I am not counting your sins against you. Jesus died so you could be reconciled. His death was the ultimate expression of my love for you. I gave up everything I love that I might gain your love. If you receive the gift of my son Jesus, you receive me, and nothing will ever separate you from my love again. Come home and I'll throw the biggest party heaven has ever seen. I have always been father and will always be father. My question is, will you be my child? I'm waiting for you. Love your dad, almighty God. Isn't that good? So good. So I'm just, if you want a copy of that, I'm just going to throw them here and uh, just take one if you like. And we're going to have our prayer team come in a moment and pray for people. Um, but I want to read number 624 through 26 over you. This is your blessing as you leave today. Just, just do this right now. Just reach up to heaven and just let's put this in our heart. Just put that right down in your heart. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. You guys be blessed. Have an amazing Father's Day. Happy Dad's Day. Love you guys. If you need prayer, the prayer team will be here. If you don't know Jesus as Messiah and Savior, we would love to introduce you to the greatest relationship on the planet. And we have people that will do that for you. So bless you guys. Have an amazing day.